Welcome to the College Call. This podcast is an offering of the Acts 8 movement, proclaiming resurrection in the Episcopal Church. I'm Holly Powell, and I'm a layperson and a member of Christ Church Cathedral in Lexington, Kentucky. And I'm Brendan O'Sullivan Hale, and I am also a layperson, and I'm a member of the Episcopal Church of All Saints in Indianapolis, Indiana. This podcast is about the intersection of liturgy and life, as seen through the lens of the Collects in the Book of Common Prayer. And this week, we're going to be talking about the College for Proper 17. Yay! The Propers can drive. Indeed. It's so old. Yeah. This Collect can be found on page 233 of the BCP. Lord of all power and might, the author and giver of all good things, graft in our hearts the love of your name, increase in us true religion, nourish us with all goodness, and bring forth in us the fruit of good works. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Brendan, didn't we just talk about this prayer? Did we? I don't know. It sounds so like, I feel like I'm having a major deja vu moment right now. Well, I know we talked about, we've talked about this prayer about two years ago. Well, of course, but... Yeah, I don't know that we've talked about it recently. Have we talked about true religion recently? That's what's dinging my deja vu meter. Yeah, see, it is for me as well. And in fact, I googled true religion because, you know, that phrase does stand out. And I do remember us talking about it at some length uh, at another time. Uh, So when you do Google true true religion, you'll have to go to the third Google page uh, before you get to something that is not true religion genes. Of course, And there are many apparent true religion styles that are on sale right now. So maybe you want to go check those out if high-end denim is your thing. Are any of the links on the first few pages lyrics to that Fergie song? Because that's what I keep thinking. Seven jeans, true religion. I say no, but they keep giving. So I keep on taking. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) You know, Fergie. I got to think of what the song is. So I got to keep going. It's my humps. It's my humps. If you do try true religion and then the letter F, you'll get uh, true religion Fergie. And yes, indeed, it is my humps. We have maybe officially broken the my humps seal on the collect call. (laughs) (laughs) It only took us 130 something episodes, but it Uh, has happened. Yeah. (laughs) The Alanis Morissette version of my humps is one of my favorite things ever. Yeah. Anyway, what were we talking about? <laughs> True religion? Yeah, okay, yeah. So it was a clear link from that to Fergie. So I, I think you had done a little bit of research on this collect, and and you found that uh, Hatchet noted that... Cranmer added this true religion phrase. Is that right? Well, the original version of this collect just said increase in us religion. And he added the word true and Hatchet says reflective of the religious controversies of the period. I think we've all seen the tutors and we know what we're talking about here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did look to two sources uh, to try to help us get a better fix on what might be going on here. Okay. So when you do finally get to the third page of Google results, you will land on a link from gotquestions.org. Of course. I don't, have you stumbled on this site before, Holly? Ah, 
I don't think so. I don't quite know what their deal is. They, they definitely are coming from a more evangelical strain of Christianity. And on their homepage, they do have, you know, a link to questions about cults and religions. Ooh. One of the questions that it was trying to answer here is, what is true religion? And the, the answer was actually moderately helpful. Uh, what it's tra- what the thrust of of this article is, and we'll put a link to it in the show notes with a disclaimer that we don't agree with a lot of things on this website. (laughs) But anyway, what what they're talking about is the idea that you have rules and rituals that show up in virtually all religions. So think about the law um, in uh, in the Old Testament. You can think about observation of communion as a ritual, things like that. And so uh, the idea that's showing up in this true religion phrase, which became important during the Reformation, is that it is the relationship with God that matters, not the obedience of the laws or the participation in the rituals. Uh, Obedience to the law or participation in the ritual is supposed to be an outgrowth of that relationship with God, but what the Reformation Uh, idea was trying to get very clear was that you don't earn God's grace through participation uh, in those rituals and laws, etc. All right. I can be down with that. Gotquestions.org. Yeah. And so what Cramer was really reacting to was the enormous tensions uh, between the Roman Catholic Church and the Church of England that were occurring at that time. Right. And I guess in that light, thinking about increasing religion might just mean going to church more frequently or doing the things that Jesus talked about, fasting in public and being outwardly religious, but inwardly still pretty awful. Right, right. (laughs) So um, so I'm okay with that. Yeah, the other thing uh, that I looked at was that this collect does appear in the book, The Collects of Thomas Cranmer, which I've referred to on this show before. And that's by uh, C. Frederick Barbie and Paul uh, F.M. Zoll. And they talk about this true religion concept as being really clear about what God does for us and what we can do. And so the the central point that they make is that true religion casts all humanity's hope for release from the original universal defect on Christ, his sacrifice, and his resurrection. So just the idea that we do not save ourselves, uh, that that God uh, saves us. Weirdly, this passage goes on to say, false religion disappoints and causes outrageous reactions, especially within adolescence. What? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like... I mean, lots of stuff causes outrageous reactions in adolescence. The, the context uh, where this phrase occurs does not make clear why the authors decided they wanted to mention adolescence at this point. Maybe one of them had a teenager at home while they were writing it and it was just top of mind. Well, it is proper 17. It's a teenage proper. Oh, true, true. Although <laughs> they're writing about it as uh, the collect for the seventh Sunday after Trinity Sunday, which is where this prayer used to be. Ah, huh. interesting. Yeah. So there's another interesting thing that came out of the hatchet research I did, or at least I thought it was interesting. And, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably will too. <laughs> um, which was the, the last little phrase before the whole Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives in reigns part, is bring forth in us the fruit of good works. Hatchet points out that that phrase 
in the original version of this collect was with fatherly care guard what you have nourished and then cranmer changed that to of thy great mercy keep us in the same which i guess the same refers back to goodness and the present the 78 authors of the 78 prayer book changed it to the current bring forth in us the fruit of good works which is pretty different than those other two it is and you know i I think hatchet goes on to say that what the 79 prayer book is doing here is drawing out the gardening metaphor that comes in at the beginning of this prayer with the grafting and the nourishing and the whatnot yeah 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 because you know cranmer is just doing uh, some really fancy pronouning. Uh-huh. So I, I actually approve of this modification. I do too. It just does it does change the tenor of the prayer a little bit where we were asking God to guard us, to keep us in his goodness, and then with that change to bring forth in us the fruit of good works. I think that takes it more to a place of us showing forth God's work in a way that the first versions didn't really show that. Yeah, and I wonder if this actually has to do with the fact uh, that one of the adjustments that uh, Cranmer made to the original text of the prayer was to drop in a reference to the uh, letter of James, Mm -hmm. because the original preamble uh, would have been translated as something like, God of virtue whose is all that is best that's tortured oh yeah good translation guys yeah (laughs) but cranmer paraphrases it as lord of all power and might the author and giver of all good things which is a reference to the letter of james 117 and james of course uh is famous for the phrase faith without works is dead so we're not only carrying out the gardening metaphor all the way through here but we're actually carrying out a theme of the uh, letter of James. And that verse, by the way, is just the kind of well-known verse of every good and perfect thing is from above. Right. You know, I'm going to say that as we've kind of dug into this prayer a little bit more, I, I like it more and more. Now, I'm on record on this show as basically being a sucker for any prayer that refers to grafting. Yeah, it's true. Brendan plus grafting equals love. Yeah, so you should not mistake this for me knowing how to graft or being a particularly good gardener. No. Uh, But I really like grafting as a metaphor uh, for joining ourselves into God's life. Uh, That, you know, that when you graft a branch of one species of tree into another tree, they don't become the same tree, but they share a common life. And uh, so I love that metaphor. And you have similarly helped me to love that metaphor because I didn't really before. You know, I'm allergic to all things that grow outside. So the <laughs> whole gardening metaphors in the Bible don't really do it for me so yeah. much. <laughs> but I do, I do enjoy this. Um, and I think this is a pretty fine collect, not the least of which because it afforded me the opportunity to sing my humps on our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what we were all waiting for. Maybe we should do like an annotated version of like what we did for the Amy Grant video. <laughs> oh, that could be like the NC-17 version of the collect call. Yeah, maybe not. Mm, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to bewail that we can't do that. 
Because <laughs> <laughs> it sounds fun. It does sound fun. Maybe we should maybe we should start another podcast. Because <laughs> we have time for that. Right. Because it's so easy to do this as it is. <laughs> well, anyway, folks, it is time for the acknowledgments and bewailings. And I think I've, I've gone on record as saying what I've bewailed. Brendan, do you have any bewailings this week? I would like to bewail that my vacation is over. <laughs> oh, the worst, I know. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going back to work tomorrow. By the time you'll hear this podcast, I'll have been back at work for like 10 days and yeah. will have resigned myself to, you know. The man. The man, yeah. <laughs> Just remember whose you are, Brendan. That's right. <laughs> If only God would cut me a check, I could just yeah, do right? work full time. God, I really wish the prosperity gospel were an actual legitimate <laughs> theology. <laughs> no doubt. I'm so into that. So what would you like to acknowledge this week? Well, I would like to acknowledge as they are wrapping up, probably as this podcast drops, the Olympics. I probably should have bewailed some of the um, side notes of the Olympics, including the extreme poverty and devastation in Brazil, and please pray for the people of Rio and of Brazil. But I just unabashedly love me some Olympics. I am still kind of awed over Katie Ledecky's crazy win in the 800 meter the other night where she was so far ahead of her competition that there was no one else appearing on screen in the pool and just everything about it like there's something really stirring about watching people do something they've they've worked their whole lives for and also kind of crushing when they don't do as well as they had hoped or you know it's just it's so many feels and and I just love it I just love every minute of it I watched water polo for like an hour this morning for no reason because I don't even understand how it works but I was just like all of a sudden into it and and rooting for like Hungary or something I don't know (laughs) anyway I love the Olympics and I'm sad that I have to wait another four years to see them again well we've got winter Olympics in two years so it's not that bad true it's not that bad. It's just different. Yeah, I've barely seen any of the Olympics this time because my vacation was on an Alaska cruise. Uh, so right. we were outside looking at the scenery and like the satellite link for the Olympics was a thing, but it was pretty bad. So we watched like a little bit of the opening ceremonies, but the image quality was pretty terrible. But Alaska was great. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah. But the thing I want to acknowledge this week is a movie about another cold place. Uh, It's called Antarctica, A Year on Ice. Mm -hmm. Uh, I watched it uh, on the flight home the other day. And it is a documentary about Antarctica, but unlike, you know, spectacular documentaries like, say, March of the Penguins. Sure. It's less about the nature and more about what it's like to live on these scientific research bases particularly during the winter when most everybody goes home, but you have to have a a support staff that stays behind in uh, the most isolated places on Earth during four months of darkness and how they handle that. And it's uh, really cool and interesting. It does sound interesting. Do you know if it's available anywhere streaming? 
It is, but it's not free anywhere. Uh, so you can rent it on Amazon for five bucks. I think it's like four bucks on iTunes. So yeah, unfortunately, you do have to pay right now. Uh, but I, I, I'd say it's worth it. Cool. Well, if you have a, a review of a movie that you think we need to see or you want to ask Brendan for a refund because you watched that and you don't feel like it was worth your money, <laughs> then you can get in touch with us um, on Facebook or Twitter at The College Call. Or if you don't do social media, which probably means you're a really smart person, you can email us at the collect call at acts8movement.org. Our parent organization is the Acts 8 Movement on Facebook or Twitter at Acts 8 Movement uh, or on the web at acts8movement.org. And this episode was superbly edited by the Reverend Joe McGarry, who's the pastor of Faith Lutheran Church in Gardner, Massachusetts, and the co-host of his own podcast, Two Bald Pastors, which you can find on the web at the number two baldpastors.com. And you can also find Joe on Twitter at Pastor Joe Mick, MC. Our theme music is Let All Mortal Flesh Keep Silence by Aaron DeVries, distributed under a Creative Commons license. Find more of Aaron's music at badgerland.bandcamp.com. And join us next week when we'll be talking about Proper 18. We'll see you then. And with fear and trembling stand. Ponder nothing earthly minded. For with blessing in his hand. Christ our God to earth. Send our full homage to